Hey lunatics, you're listening to Let Them Eat Grass, a podcast dedicated to healthy farms, good food, and sustainable living. I'm Austin Williams, your erstwhile farmer and podcast host. If the past five years of farming have taught me anything, it's that everything is connected to everything else. I mean, so much of what feels out of our control is actually the direct result of things entirely within our control. Amen? I'm dedicating this show to you, the lunatics, the crazies, who have chosen to opt out, to stray beyond the safe and familiar confines of grocery store walls to support a farmer. And not just any farmer, a local farmer whose mission it is to heal the land and nourish the community. When 100% of us eat and only 1% of us farm, we have a math problem. Help me do the math by sticking around, listening closely, and voting with your forks to support real food. See you soon. It's easy to get lost in the interwebs looking for good food. I mean, you have enough to worry about between your job, bills to pay, and you know, going beast mode during CrossFit, soccer practice for the kids, and date nights with your spouse. And I mean, finding a directory of quality food so you can nourish your family and support the local economy shouldn't be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But so often it is. I mean, what else are you going to do, though? I mean, are you just going to ask a farmer who their competitors are so you can browse their products? I mean, maybe if this was the 1950s, but no, I don't even think then either. Uh, You probably looked high and low. I mean, we've all been there. And you might not know it, but we're all in this food journey that we're in. We're all actors in one of two cultural food stories. There's the wilderness survival story, and then there's the farm survival story. And the wilderness survival story might bring images of desolate landscapes and frostbites to mind, kind of like into the wild and revenant. But, you know, going hungry while living in food deserts is a reality for millions of Americans. And food deserts is this phrase that basically means that people living within a certain radius don't have access to, among other things, fresh fruits and vegetables. Another rising problem is the emergence of food deserts in rural spaces, which both boggles my mind and is deeply concerning to me. The antithesis of the wilderness survival story is the farm survival story. In this story, small farmers try to stay solvent by cutting out middlemen and bringing their products directly to the consumer. They're drowning in good meat, milk, fresh fruits, and vegetables, but without customers to sell them to. Marketing is tough, and they need loyal customers like you to maintain the bottom line. Whereas one of those stories is about consumers searching long and hard for good food to buy, the other story is about farmers with good food to sell searching long and hard for conscious consumers. The drama's high, the pathos is real. And friends, lunatics, may I just say, embrace your side of the story and be the answer to a local farmer's earnest prayers. So the first directory that I want to tell you about, um, and I actually neglected to say that I wanted to give you um, some options in this food journey that you're on where you can go to find directories of local farms One of those four directories that I wanted to tell you about today is is a website called realmilk.com. 
a quote from them uh, that I got is, we help people find local sources of grass-fed raw dairy the way nature intended. Cleanly produced milk from healthy animals is rich in nutrients, enzymes, and good bacteria. Drinking raw milk supports not only your own health, but also promotes healthier, happier animals, independent farmers, and prosperous rural communities. The pros. This website has very high production standards for listing, has very helpful graphics, it's easy to navigate, and the membership is free for farmers. Some of the cons. Some of the information is out of date, like farms have closed, and there's limited product selection range, really just limited to you know, dairy products. Think milk or cheeses or something like that. If you're a consumer who wants to purchase clean, raw, pasture-raised milk direct from a farmer in a state where it's legal to do so, then this website is a one-stop shop. They have a handy Real Milk Finder, which is a Google Maps overlay of the United States for farms that supply high-quality raw milk. All you have to do is pick your state and input your zip code and you're off to the races. You can even change the radius you're willing to drive in order to see what options you have in terms of farms. We used realmilk.com for marketing in the early days of my farm, back when I was milking 10 Jersey cows with a single goat milker and a head shoot with a makeshift bottling room. Oof, that was a lot of work. Before our marketing efforts really took root, their free service gave us some of the online visibility that we needed. Connecting farmers and consumers fulfills the mission of the Weston A. Price Foundation. If you're wondering, Weston A. Price was a Canadian dentist who published a book in 1939 that linked nutritional deficiencies and tooth decay. It included over 15,000 photographs and 4,000 slides. And, you know, that was a long time ago, but he was born in just the right time and place. In the 1930s, the world was opening up in ways that it had never opened up before. Air travel travel via planes or dirigibles, couldn't resist, was now possible, connecting formerly isolated cultures to the wider world. And though globalization has manifold negative consequences, and to delineate them all is beyond the scope of this podcast, this unprecedented access gave Weston a glimpse into cultures either in the process of a shift toward the Western diet, such as flour, sugar, or vegetable fats, or on the cusp of such a dietary shift. Now, I have a friend in the Texas Panhandle who lives in town, but he was very interested in getting his food more direct from the farm. He was interested in how I sourced my milk for my artisan cheesemaking hobby, and he didn't know where to find raw milk near him, though. I was able, in about 30 seconds, to pull up realmilk.com and find him a farm within two hours that sold raw milk. The downside uh, was that we found the farm, but it turned out that the farm had closed in the meantime. So this is kind of was one of the downsides of the website was that not all of the information is up to date. Texas has stricter milk laws than Missouri, where you can, in Missouri, you can buy milk direct from the farm. In Texas, you have to own the cow to get raw milk from it. I mean, enterprising, enterprising farmers in restrictive states like this have developed herd share agreements wherein you purchase part of the cow and are therefore entitled to part of the milk. In some states, you can buy raw milk at the grocery store, some restricted to the farm, others like Texas restricted to owners of the cow. But the Weston A. Price Foundation is seeking to change the culture of raw milk sales in every state which restricts it by advancing legislation to make illegal raw milk easily available to everyone in all 50 states. So that's like the first great directory to go to to find good local food. The next one is a website called localharvest.org. They're a quote from them. Um, we connect people looking for good food with the farmers who produce it. Buying local is about enjoying real food. 
It's about developing strong local economies and producing food on a human scale. It's about eating seasonally, practicing the art of cooking, and sitting down to enjoy meals together. As we see it, the goal of the local food movement is to create thriving community-based food systems that will make high-quality local food available to everyone. Some of the pros, really wide product selection in comparison to real milk. I mean, they have, it's just local harvest. I mean, it has everything from, you know, milk to meat to nuts to, you know, to honey. Like, I mean, there's so many things. It has very helpful graphics, easy to navigate, and the membership is free for farmers. Now, the cons is that the production standards for a listing are a bit thin, and some information is out of date such as farms they haven't closed. Now, you'll find directories for farms, farmers markets, CSAs, and more here. I mean, and farmers will often post updates to their accounts so that you can be kept abreast of any changes on the farm. There's even categories for consumers who are specifically searching for cottage products, such as syrups, preserves, honey, and dried fruits. That's incredibly specific. However, the only food guarantees for consumers looking to buy uh, through localharvest.org or get redirected through are that it's non-GMO and that it's sourced locally. Now, there are plenty of farms which are listed on the site which have higher standards for their meats, vegetables, or cottage products than just those two, but it is up to you to do your own investigation to determine that. The idea for localharvest.org germinated about 23 years ago. During his free time between software gigs, founder, I'm going to say Guillermo, Guillermo Payette had an idea. He was a software entrepreneur back in the boom days of the World Wide Web, and he wondered if he could make software to help support family farms as they serve the local community. Altruistically, of course. And then in early January 2000, that idea germinated into a community service project, and localharvest.org was born. Now his website hosts over 40,000 family farms and fields over 7 million searches and employs six hardcore local harvest foodies. Any farm can sign up for free, but if they contribute 30 bucks, they can also get an ad-free sponsored listing in the prime spot at the top of the search rankings. In 2010, they unveiled the software for CSAs called CS Aware. And if you didn't know already, CSAs are community-supported agriculture. I wish more people knew about them. It's a partnership between farmers and eaters where the eaters pay for a share of the harvest in advance of the growing season, usually in addition to promising to work a certain number of hours doing volunteer work. And despite CSAs surging in popularity during the COVID-19 pandemic, the post-pandemic landscape of lifted restrictions has seen new member shares plummet, unfortunately, to pre-pandemic levels. There was this two-year little ray of sunshine that they got to walk in where they were just the kings of the world. And the importance of community-supported agriculture cannot be overstated. What better way for you to put dollars directly into farmers' pockets than to have them volunteer in and harvest from the fields? Heck yes. Next directory I want to tell you about is eatwild.com. They are the number one clearinghouse for information about pasture-based farming, featuring a state-by-state -state and Canada directory of local farmers who meet their strict criteria and sell their products directly to consumers. They only advertise meat, eggs, and dairy products from 100% grass-fed cows, sheep, goats, deer, pigs, and poultry, which are raised on pasture rather than in confinement. So the pros... They have the highest production standards for listing, both in terms of animal welfare and ecological of any directory I, I saw, and they have a very wide product selection range. Some of the cons, 
when you get there, you feel like you step back into 2003, right? It has a very outdated and clunky user interface and some information is out of date, like farms have closed. And whether you're looking, but whether you're looking for local farms, shopping lists, audiobook transcriptions, scientific references, or just more information on grass-fed food, you've come to the right place. They weren't joking when they called themselves a clearinghouse. Whereas the other website and list are restricted to directory-style lists of compliant farms, eatwild.com enjoys the distinction of distributing much more than that. Back in 2001, Joe Robinson was an investigative journalist who wanted to promote the benefits of grass-fed meat raised on pasture rather than confinement, and her solution was eatwild.com. She now lives off the coast of Washington State, and she was named one of the top 50 food activists of 2016. You'll feel confident in the production quality of listed food. There are 11 strict criteria which govern whether or not farms get listed, and there's five of my personal favorites. Number two was streams and other natural water sources are protected from harmful animal impact. It's so nice uh, because sometimes what happens is if you let animals into a stream and it's been like it rained recently and the banks are, are really loose because there's been a lot of water infiltration, they will punch their hooves down into the ground and create something called pugging, which are these deep holes. And it's just not because and that's just that's just hard on the ecosystem. That's just that's hard on the vegetation. And so what's best to happen is if you can fence them out of streams or water sources during times of wetness, during times of dryness, not as important. Also, if your animals are light like sheep, doesn't really matter. Uh, but if they're heavy like cows, you got to be more careful about it. Um, number three, animal grazing patterns are managed to enhance the growth of the pasture, the health of the land, and the nutritional value of products, taking into account the specific soil conditions, vegetation, altitude, growing season, and temperate, uh, temperature range of the climate. Number four, when high-quality pasture is not available, beef and other ruminants, such as goat, sheep, bison, and deer, are fed stored grasses, which can include hay, haylage, and grass silage. They are not fed grain, soy, uh, corn silage, or concentrate, and that's that's big. Um, that's a really big hurdle that a lot of producers can't get over. So the fact that this is one of their criteria as website is pretty huge. Animals are not treated with routine low-level antibiotics. Animals that do receive antibiotics due to health problems or injury are removed from the program. That's number six. And number nine, uh, poultry must be on quality pasture and getting a significant amount of their nourishment from growing plants for at least six hours a day, whether in movable pens, open fields, or areas fenced off with electric netting or other fences that are move, moved frequently to maintain a fresh supply of greens. Their selection process is thorough. Not only do you have to adhere to all 11 strict criteria, but you have to spell out your farming philosophy too. They prefer if farms are already certified organic. If you find a farm near you on eatwild.com, odds are is they have a buying club that is open to new members or will at least ship food to you. Farmers have to pay 50 bucks a year for a listing spot and $10 a price update for food. Think of this website as a strong indication of quality. Obviously, the best way to ensure quality is to go to the farm yourself and measure their words against what you're seeing with your own eyes. Get to know a farmer, people. Lastly, Google Business. And I know it's like I don't need to do any free advertising for Google, but no list would be complete without this. So the pros. Information is very up-to-date compared with all the other places. Very intuitive interface, very SEO optimized FAQ page, which helps farmers get found. Some of the cons, zero production standards. Like, you know, anybody or their brother could put anything they wanted to on it and it would just, it'd live there. 
limited information besides directions, and they might not even sell directly to consumers. So it's right on our phones, and it's the easiest way to find a farm near you, as long as they have farm as part of their name. But beware, just because a farm is on Google doesn't mean they'll sell you anything. Plenty of farms don't operate as direct-to-consumer farms, but have their address listed so delivery trucks know where along the road to drop off supplements or a load of steers. And uh, insider tip, look at the FAQ page. Sometimes you have a question that isn't answered by the farm's website, and there isn't a contact page. And oftentimes the farm website won't list a phone number, but if you check the Google business listing, a phone number is usually one of the first things included. Also, the hours of operation are usually included, which is helpful for deciding when to call said farmer. So that is four, not one, not two, not three, but that is four free directories that you can use to find good local food. I hope that you choose at least one of them um, because there are people who spend their, it's their full-time job to keep these up and there's a lot of good um, resources that are available there. Um, please email me if you have any questions about any of these, um, but remember go to realmilk.com, uh, localharvest.org, eatwild.com or um, just go on Google Maps and then you can find Google businesses basically. Thank you so much for listening in and I wish you all the best in your food journeys. Keep voting with those forks, lunatics. Since we're all in this together, I'm supporting my brother and sister farmers with SEO content strategy as they migrate online. I help small to medium-sized farms somewhere on the direct-to-consumer trajectory be less busy, attract loyal customers, and sell unforgettable food. If that sounds like you, or you know someone who needs help, let me know. You can schedule a discovery call or just find more information at my website, www.agriculturecopywriting.com. Sound design was by the bodacious Brandon Nelson, artwork by the radical Rebecca Raven, and hosting, scriptwriting, editing, recording, and production by the ostentatious Austin Williams. See you again next time.